Hey guys, Josh here. I wasn't planning on recording, but something I heard on another podcast has reminded me of my first time interviewing someone important. Not that everyone's not important, just some people's time is a little bit harder to get than others. And back in 20, it was either 2012 or 2013, the first truly, I guess, world famous guest, actually one of the few. I guess you would say world-famous people that I've recorded myself was I had the chance to interview the drummer of the band Periphery, who are one of the world's biggest progressive metal bands, and their drummer's name's Matt Halpin. He not only was a drummer at the time, he actually was the founder of a music tech platform, which I can't remember the name of, which is annoying. I'm doing this extemporaneously, so and I'm also shaking my umbrella for some reason. So you've got to get all the environmental sounds today, including a magpie, which is only maybe 10 metres from where I'm standing in the middle of this soccer pitch. So I had Matt on. Mostly I wanted to talk about the fact that he was just featured on the front of Modern Drummer magazine, which is, I guess, like being thrown on Time magazine if you happen to be a world leader. Modern Drummer at the time, and I'm assuming it probably still is, is a massive credentials builder and essentially means that you are at least for that month one of the most important drummers in the world sorry in case i didn't mention it today's theme is my first time so now i've just dropped my umbrella so i'll leave that there this is going great you're getting all the ups on this one guys so i'm going to leave a lot of that in so he was just featured on modern drummer he had this tech platform which i can't remember the name of unfortunately but essentially it was like a Skype or a Zoom, but it was built for people to charge for music lessons, automatic scheduling, automatic call recording, all these things that would help for a music instructor to get students. Another big progressive rock band, Coheed and Cambria, their guitar player was using it, and a bunch of drummers were using it, obviously, because Matt was involved. So guitarists, bass players... I'm not sure if any singers were, but I've got a feeling that Spencer, the singer of Periphery, was offering lessons through there as well. So I talked to him at a pretty opportune time that not only was he in this huge band that had just released a really influential album, not only was he on Modern Drummer, but he'd also moved outside of music into the tech world, basically the startup world. So here's where things got sticky. Because Matt had a tech platform that was made for connecting, he didn't want to use Skype, which was the only program I'd used to record, and particularly for my backup, I was running my backup off Call Recorder at the time. And it was really honestly at the time, Call Recorder was the only technology that I 100% trusted was going to work for me, that I could wire it up the right way, takes no wiring, that it was always going to work, and at the very least... Even if I stuff up everything else with my digital recorder, the Ecamm Skype recording would work. And it had saved my bacon a couple of times before that interview. So he didn't want to use that. So I was like, oh shit, this means that I have to go straight into my recorder, which was the only solution I had at the time. This is well before the Roadcaster, well before the Mixcast from Tascam. This is 2012-ish, guys. It's nearly a decade ago. We didn't have some of the great solutions for hardware that we have now. Interfaces and recorders were essentially two different devices at that time. So what I decided to do was run out 
run out of the headphone jack of an MXL.009 USB mic. Still a very underrated USB mic for the voice. Not great for music. It was a little bit off for recording music, but particularly good for yeah recording the voice. But I digress. So I ran out of the headphone jack on the USB mic into my Roland R-05 recorder and I monitored the call off the recorder. So here's a couple of things. I didn't have a big enough SD card for a full-length call in the actual recorder. I thought that I did, but it took us so long to connect because Matt's platform at the time, unfortunately, was in beta. It had a couple of issues. We couldn't hear each other, but I was already recording. So I used up some of my SD card just recording nothing, essentially. Probably 10 or 15 minutes. But that was really all it took for the SD card to fill up. So this is going to sound ridiculous for someone that now is really entrenched in the Mac world, but also, you know, three or four years later, I was the IT manager of a giant business. I didn't realize at the time that when you drag something into the bin on a Mac to free up space or copy it onto the desktop, which is what I did, made a copy, then I dragged the file off the R-05. Mind you, Matt was patiently waiting for me while I plugged it in on the USB and he couldn't hear me for five minutes and I was typing to him in the chat explaining what was going on. I didn't realise you had to empty the bin to properly clear a drive, like an external drive on a Mac. Now, I don't even know if that's still the case, but it was the case. So when I turned the recorder back on, it was still full. And Matt actually had a lesson coming in about half an hour. So I said, Matt, I'm so sorry. Your platform is really great because to his credit, once it started working, it actually was really cool. And we had a great connection quality. So I actually don't know how they achieved that. But I digress once again. I actually, I asked him if we could connect via Skype because I have an automatic call recording solution for Skype. And he said, look, I've really enjoyed our chat, Josh. I don't normally give out my Skype. So he was a little bit hesitant about giving me his Skype account. My feeling is that maybe he was using Skype for lessons and he had stopped using that account and his Skype was logged in maybe as his personal Skype account. So, I mean, the guy was touring the world at the time. It might have been only for his girlfriend or his fiance or his parents, family, people from the record label, whatever. Maybe it wasn't something he was just going to give out to any random person that could then try and contact him or chat to him in the future. But he was such a cool dude. And I've met lots of musicians back when I was an entertainment manager in bands, maybe not as big as Periphery, but quite massive bands in Australia. And Matt is still as nice and as anti-rockstar as a lot of those guys in those huge Australian bands. So we connect via Skype. His level, as in his recording level, was way lower. And he did sound the same, so I'm not sure how he was connecting with a USB mic or straight into the laptop mic. I can't quite remember how his voice was coming to me. All I remember thinking was, oh, shit, this is so much quieter. And you've got bugger all idea how to fix volume levels because that was the feedback that I'd received from a couple of my friends and people that I know in the music scene 
this was a show called DIY Music Movement, my very first podcast. People really liked the information. They liked the way I presented it. The people I had interviewed, the people that had heard it said I did a great job. But I had had people say the volume level from section to section is a little bit too all over the place. And I'm finding, particularly in the car, where there's more road noise and background noise, I'm riding the volume knob. So I was already had that in my head that the problem my listeners had with my podcast from a technical point of view was what I know now is a lack of leveling. There wasn't a loudness standard throughout the podcast. So that's playing in my mind. We get the recording done. Matt's great. I'm super stressed. And then right at the end of the call, he said to me, Thanks so much, Josh. That was so much fun. It's great to talk to you from the other side of the world. It's like we're in the same place together. And then he said to me, I'm sorry that I wanted you to use whatever his platform was called. I know that probably added some stress. I really just wanted to use this as a chance to use it in a different application as an interviewing tool. I really, really appreciate the fact that you rolled with the problems that we had. So the guy was actually thanking me for problems that, in a way, I'd created. One, fire truck going past. One, I didn't fight hard enough for my recording solution to be the way we connected. And obviously, it was a very unique circumstance. How often are you talking to a famous musician who happens to be one of the leaders of a tech startup in a video music lesson platform? Let's just say never. Has it happened since? And I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened for any of you guys. But the second thing was, inwardly I was very stressed, but outwardly I'd obviously covered it up with a little bit of confidence that we were going to make this work. And the mistakes were just a momentary thing. I wasn't outwardly displaying a lot of stress, which I can do. People sometimes pull me up on it, asking, are you okay? Are you stressed out? What's wrong? And I don't even know that I'm externalizing the stress that I'm feeling. So the first lesson is, if you have a solution you know works, maybe push a little bit back on guests that want you to use an alternate solution. I'm not suggesting to be belligerent or rude. Just let people know, look, that would be great if we could connect that way, but I have a rock solid solution that's worked X number of times and I'd really love it if we could do it this way. So that's one. And two, if things are going wrong, try not to externalize that because your guests on the other end of the call, particularly if you're running video, they don't need to know how stressed you are. Unless they're super technical, then maybe it would help to let them know, oh gosh, this is going wrong. Maybe they could help you with some suggestions. Like if you're interviewing someone that's done a thousand interviews or has their own podcast, maybe then you can be more open. That again is a unique and specific situation. Yeah, so just to round this one up, there's a storm brewing inside of stress. Maybe just try to keep that internal and at least externally try to give off a sense of confidence that the interview is not going in the toilet. It's maybe just circling the rim for the lack of a better term, but you're about to get the F out of that bathroom. Righto, guys, to avoid any more terrible toilet humour, I'm going to sign off here. I've been recording this into my phone with a set of Apple earbuds. 
that worked okay the few times I've done that recently. Every episode of this 30-day series has been so far recorded in a different way. So if you want to know why episodes sound different, if there's one you think sounds particularly crap or maybe sounds particularly good, I've listed in the show notes for each episode what technology I was using to do each thing. Okay, guys, I don't know if there was any great takeaways or quote-unquote aha moments here today, but hopefully that story was just interesting, if nothing else, and just know that a lot of people are nice, and regardless how famous they are, well, even maybe the more famous they are, just the sheer amount of contact they've had with the media and doing interviews means they've seen it all, from the best-run interview to an absolute f***ing shit show. It's probably not going to rattle them, so don't let it rattle you when things start to go a little bit wrong. Righto guys, deadsetpodcasting.com. My glasses have been pinching my nose the whole time, so I'm assuming I probably sounded like I was talking like this. So I apologise for that, and yeah, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Catch you later.